This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph. The only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, we discuss who Mickey Mellon will field in the Scottish Cup semi-final. We preview Dundee's playoff run as they aim for Premiership promotion and a lower league roundup. Hello, I'm Callum Woodger and welcome to another edition of Twa Teams One Street. I am joined, as ever, by George Cran. Oh, and Graham Finnan is here as well. Hello, everyone. Bear, give us a weather update. It's um, it's been all over the shop this week, hasn't it? Really, it has. It has. It's, as I, as I'm looking out my window now, looking over uh, the city of Dundee, it's, the sun is shining. But five minutes ago, there were hailstones bouncing off the windows. You know, so that's the sort of way the weather's gone. Really, hasn't it? It's been looking, it looks quite nice, but if you've been out in that wind and it's a, it's a, it's a northwesterly, I think it is, you know, so it's bloody chilly. So make sure you're hopped out if you're going out for your messages uh, today. Oh, you're uh, sitting in the beer garden, of course. Um, of course. There's always the opportunity for that at the moment <laughs> in this nice uh, Scottish spring slash summer weather we're getting. So, um, uh, yeah, I popped into town uh, the other day to drop a, a work car off and it. The rain was absolutely bouncing down in, in town, but there was still there was still one punter sitting outside the count house in the McManus Square enjoying a pint. It, the weather was horrific, but the guy looked nice and happy. And I, I have not been to a pub yet. I, I was a, a wee bit jealous. I thought that was you, George. You should have waved. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say what what uh, what what lone cycle was sitting outside the count house on like a Tuesday afternoon or whatever having a pint, but it was bare, so that makes sense. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all adds up now. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, um, on to the football. We'll, we'll stop our, our mince patter and we'll, we'll start talking about some uh, mince performances, I suppose, from uh, Dundee United. A, a, a really poor one on Saturday, it has to be said. At Tannadice, 2-0 defeat to Ross County. A massive one for the Staggies and their fight against relegation. But they are not the ideal warm-up for Dundee United going into the, the Scottish Cup semi-final against Hibs. This weekend, they would have wanted to have gone into that game on a bit of form, but as it is, it's a bit of a bit of a damp squib on, on Saturday, so it was. Yeah, but um, they weren't alone. If you look at the other uh, semi-finalists, obviously St Murn lost, Hibs lost, and St Johnston obviously won. They were, they were at Easter Road. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a flat performance, I would suggest. Uh, interesting that Mickey Mellon played exactly the same starting lineup as he did at Petrodi the week before, uh, but I think it's just the nature of the game and, you know, what's coming up in, in sort of this weekend has uh, certainly affected United's performance. And you've got to also take into account that you're, you're playing against an opposition in Ross County who are absolutely fighting for their lives down at the bottom of that uh, league table. And and I think that showed. Um, and that always ha- that's always can always be the case at, at this time of the year. You know, the, the teams that are down there do have more to play for. I don't care what anyone says, you know, whether it's just pride you're playing for. You, I mean, you, you know... You, but if you've not got that wee edge to your to your game, um, and the the teams are are so close, you know, there's there's little to, to sort of pick between the teams in this Premier League. If you're just off it slightly, you'll get turned over, and that's what happened. And I think Ross County in the end ran out deserved winners. They scored a couple of good goals, and, and the United's performance was just really really flat. Um, but I'm sure that. Uh, There'll be a different sort of feeling and training this week with, with 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 this cup game, and they'll be back on their toes by now. I mean, this is as we do this podcast. It's it's Wednesday afternoon, and I'm sure that uh, 
you know, by now the United players will be really sort of tuning into this Hamden uh, game on on Sunday, but uh, or Saturday, Saturday I should say. Um, and uh, but they'll need to they'll obviously need to up up the ante if they want to get to the final. That's for sure. But you know, I I think it's not nice to see when you I mean if you're a supporter you're really, you can be really disappointed. But I think at the end of the day there's a bigger picture to look at for Dundee United this season and it's the cup game this weekend. Absolutely. Jordan White and Alex Jacovetti got the goals for Ross County on Saturday. George, what was your view of the game? One of the noticeable stats from it for me anyway is uh, no shots on target for Dundee United. Mickey Mellon won't be happy with that. No, and that kind of, that harks back to the, the kind of bad old days at the start of the season when they were really struggling for chances and goals. But I don't know, it was one of these games that just seemed to be in the way. United um, I, th- I think it would have been qu- quite difficult to keep your focus on that considering that they're not in any danger in the league um, and there's a massive game to come up a week later players don't want to get injured and there's the, all that sort of stuff um, I think you can say they maybe took the eye off the ball because they had their eye on the, the semi-final but that's only human nature I would have thought it's it wasn't a massive surprise because as Bear says that Ross County are fighting for every point they can get at the moment um, and deserve their win, obviously. But um, aye, the, it, was, it was just one of these games where they just needed to get out of the way and then they could focus on the thing that they were really interested in, which is obviously the, the, the big cup game. But I wouldn't worry too much about it because obviously Hibs felt a defeat as well. So it's not like they're coming in flying on form either. Um, and you, you, Overall, over the past... What six weeks, a couple of months, United's form's been good, so I don't think it should have a big effect. They may have knocked the confidence a wee bit, but uh, I still think they'll be going in, uh, backing themselves to, to, to get past Hibs and then into the final, which would be amazing, really. Yeah, what, 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 for you, what do you think is going, going through Mickey Mellon's head in terms of his, his team selection? Because he obviously picked the same team that, that won so convincingly at Aberdeen for, for the Ross County game. He then sort of rang the changes in the second half, I think he thought, do you know what, like this game's gone, basically, let's let's rest some boys. Do you think there'll be any surprises at Hamden on Saturday for the semi, or do you, or do you think he'll just go with the the, the same team he's, he's gone for the last few weeks? I, th- I think, had, well, this is difficult to say, but I think had, had he not made any change, had he made a few changes for this, I think he would have went with that team that beat Aberdeen. But now he's probably second-guessing that now that he's seen that performance. And, and there'll, be, there'll be players that, Maybe come into his thinking we've well, Logan Chalmers. Maybe I, I don't know how he did when he came on, but uh, Peter Pollock maybe for a bit of experience because he, obviously he's been in big games like this before. Um, boys like that may have may have just edged into his thinking a wee bit more, and, and but then they've still got a few days until he picks his team really uh, in training. The United players should be going hammer and tongs to. to because after that performance, you got to think the guys who weren't in that team have got to now think I might have a chance here. So yeah, uh, give it everything they've got between now and, and Saturday, Saturday afternoon, evening, uh, and, and they might just get in that team. Yeah, as to as to as to when he'll name his team, who knows? Every manager's different. They might do it on the day. They might do it the day before. They might already know. But um, I think certainly from the five that came on in the second half against County. Um, Flo Hottie and Keir Smith are youngsters. They, they, they're unlikely going to be involved. But I think you mentioned two of them um, there. Peter Pollock, Logan Chalmers and Louis Appery came on and actually had quite a, 
quite a decent impact in the game as much as there wasn't any shots on target Logan Chalmers did clip the bar with a shot and, and it was at the end of a move that involved Paula and, and Apery and they looked they looked handy I think I think Louis will find themselves stuck behind and probably rightly so behind Lawrence Shankland and Mark McNulty in the pecking order but I think yeah Paula and, and Chalmers maybe Chalmers hasn't played a lot of football but certainly gives Mickey Mellon something to think about Bear it's a and it's a huge game you know um, massive probably the biggest that United have had in a good number of years, so he's got to make sure that he he gets it right. He does, um, and you know I'm, I'm looking. At, I think the, the team that played up at Aberdeen in the cup was outstanding, but I still wonder. I still wonder if, if Mickey Mellon will will look at Hibs and think they are going to cause us some some real problems. Um, you know, if we don't do our, our job properly, and in that respect, I think he might. He might be tempted to change it slightly. I mean, you think what well, Hibs could have up top and likes of Boyle and Nisbet and and Dodge. Um, they've got a fair bit of movement about them. I'm just wondering if he will if he will continue with McNulty, Clark, and and Shankland starting. I've got a sneaky feeling he might bring bring Adrian Sporler back into the into the play and drop one of the forwards yeah. um, for a bit more security in the back line there, a bit more cover for the fullbacks. Maybe maybe Ross down it's that the left side. It's yes. the width that that would yes. bring because I think that That's United, right. when they play those three strikers, it's quite narrow. Clark sort of floats in behind McNulty and Shankland and, you know, McNulty and Shankland, they, they can mix it up, they can go wide and, and stretch yeah. the play but I think Spoiler stretches the play more, Chalmers stretches I, the play more also, on a big pitch yeah. like Hamden as well. Yeah, exactly. I think also Spoiler has, has proved that he's, you know, while he's, he's effectively a defender, he, he, he's not slow to get into that box you know, and, and get chances himself. And he's, he's, he's stuck a few away this season. So I've just got a sneaky feeling that I may, he may bring him back in for for one of the, and sacrifice one of the forwards. Um, because there's no doubt in my mind that the, the Hibs are a better team than Aberdeen at this point in time and will pose, pose any far more problems than Aberdeen. Mind you, that wouldn't be difficult after you saw that Aberdeen performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Over that day. But... Um, yeah, I think that's that's going to be going through Mickey's mind, and that'll be interesting to see how he how he lines up on Saturday. I think there's an element of as much as United were pretty poor against Ross County. Ross County were a hell of a lot better than Aberdeen were against United the previous week. I think Ross County had played a really good game. They really nullified the threats of Dun United, and they were at it. I think Aberdeen were miles off the pace at Petodre. It has to be said. So you know you've got to give John Hughes's team credit for how they went about the game. Um, to, to, to actually to actually get the three points and it's it's a crucial three points for them that lifts them out of the the bottom two places so um you know kudos to them for that for United in terms of the league we'll go on and speak about the cup a bit more but in terms of the league that result means they drop to ninth Motherwell are now in seventh spot George how important is it actually for them United to to go into these last two games after the cup Motherwell and St Mirren how important is it for them to actually finish seventh in terms of cash it's only about a hundred grand in difference but. It's still a lot of money and, and a lot of pride there for them to play for. Oh yeah, I've a hundred grand. I mean, I wouldn't mind a wee hundred grand bonus at the end of the season. It'd be so, <laughs> so bad, would it? Uh, you'd be so lucky. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think it's important for the club. Uh, for the players, I, I'm never convinced that it's that important. Um, although they have the, obviously the cup distractions, fantastic, but. Players at this stage, when they know their season's over, some of them are looking at the summer. I think sometimes, um, and there, there might be an element in that, but but that doesn't detract from the fact that every single player wants to finish off the season on a high. So they go into the summer feeling good, and then come back for next season on the back of some 
decent results and stuff. So it's important. I don't think it's a be all and end all. They've done their job in the league. Um, they're not. They, well, I'm just looking at the table now. They can't drop any any lower than ninth. They would like to be seventh, but I think far more important is having a go at the Scottish Cup. Definitely, that's that's the only thing I think they're thinking about. Really, they, they would like to finish off with two league wins, but they'd much rather have two cup wins and and lose both league games. I don't think they would care if it went that way. Absolutely, there's there's definitely a feeling around Tannadice that just being there is cause for celebration after four or five years in the wilderness to actually be back on a big stage like Hamden is is a big milestone for the club but now that, now that they're there it's kind of it's there for them to be like you know what we can go on the other three teams that are left none of them are particularly you know um, historically anyway big hitters in Scottish football Hibs maybe but you know there's a chance for them to go on to the final and, and win the whole thing um, Bear how would you rate United's chances of getting past Hibs and then you know maybe even lifting silverware. I think they've got as good a chance as any of the other three teams that are left in the competition, Callum. And I, was, I, would, I would suggest that Hibs are maybe slight favourites and I only say that possibly because of their front three. I think they've, they've maybe got a wee bit. But then you look at United, McNulty, Shankland and Clark, I think that, that matches that matches up with them. It does. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's really, really tight, Callum. And I think you're, you're, you're talking about you know, it's great to see United back and, you know, after a, a few years of, of not being at Hamden. But I think if United are knocked out in the semi-finals, you know, I, I, I still think there'll be a feeling of disappointment from the fans. They will expect to get by Hibs. And they will, uh, there will be an element of the United support who will expect to go in and win this competition. You know, and it's, uh, I've got, I hark back to a previous podcast when it's a historical thing with United, you know, getting to finals and, you know, and they've won it twice in the last, you know, decade or so. So, um, sorry, they've won it once. They won it once in the last decade. They were in the final in 2014, of course. But um, yeah, I think I think there's a great there's a great opportunity for them. But equally, the teams that are there are, are, are in the same boat. And you know, you're talking about the league games afterwards. I've got a sneaky feeling of you know, if they win, then these games will be important. And as much as you know, they need to keep keep on their toes and they need to keep going towards the cup final and everybody will be pushing for places but if they were to lose on Saturday it's going to be very difficult it's going to be these last these last two games you know you'd be better just sort of <laughs> I'm sure a lot of the fans wouldn't, wouldn't be that interested if they just said you know what we'll no bother turning up for them because they don't mean anything after after losing the semi-final of the Scottish Cup yeah I mean it's, it's a tournament that's um, historically been, been very important to Dundee United given you know they, they were runners up six times before they finally won it in 1994, and um, you know they've been runners up a couple of times since then. Obviously, won it in in 2010. It it, it means a lot to the to the support um, for United to go and, and certainly have a have a right good go at, at trying to win this trophy. I, I spoke to I was very lucky to to speak to um, former Dundee United midfielder John Rankin um, this week about the last time the two teams met, Hibs and Dundee United in the in the Scottish Cup semi final and. Um, 2016, they they lost to Hibs on penalties that day. It was a uh, big Conrad Logan who was uh, uh, fielded in. I think he was. I don't know if he was a, on a short term deal or he was on loan, but he was he was certainly ex Leicester. Um, it was it was his day that day. He made a lot of uh, stunning saves during the match, particularly in extra time, and then um, a few saves and penalties. Um, John was sort of recounting his memories of that day and um, how close they got. And he was obviously part of the team that lost the final in 2014. I think. In his time at the club, in his five years from 2011 to 2016, he felt that they had a team that should have delivered a trophy, um, never did. 
I think that was a bit of a, a regret for him and, and for a lot of the boys of that era, your, your Paul Paytons and uh, Paul Dixon's guys of these world, you know, we never really had that opportunity to, to really do it um, under Jackie, certainly, um, and then later on. But um, it's a chance for these players bear to go and make some history and, and make themselves heroes. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is, Callum. And you, you mentioned John Rankin and you, and you think back to that United team and... Uh, some of the players I had, you know, and the young young players coming through, and at the time, you know, Armstrong, Johnny Russell, you know, guys like Andy Robertson, all involved as well. You know, he had a brilliant, brilliant team and a brilliant, you know, attitude as well. And it was expected they would get to see, and they had the quality. And, and I think that's the disappointing thing for them that they, they didn't go on and, and 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 get a trophy to their name because they certainly had the quality to go and do that. But you know what? It should never be taken as a given that you'll get to semi-finals and finals and things like that. I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, you just don't know when they're going to come around. Um, I mean, and I'm I'm thinking about the team I support, Dundee. The last time Dundee were in a semi-final, you're talking about Dundee United. You know, it's been a while since they've been in a semi-final. The Scottish Cup. The last time Dundee played in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup, I think, was a way back in. I'm guessing around about. 2005 and the loss to Gretna. Is that, oh yeah, right enough. I was going to say 2003 when they, because they got right to the final in 2003, no, they didn't they? But they got to the yeah, final and then, and, yeah. and, they, and yeah. they got to Gretna. And so that's how long it's been for Dundee fans. So he and for players as well at the club. So you should never ever just take, a, take it as read that, you know, these Hamden appearances come along. You've got to grasp your opportunity. That's the thing, Callum. That's the thing. Grasping the opportunity when it's here in front of you, don't you know? Don't have any regrets. You need to have got to go and turn in an equal a performance that was equal to the one up Petordi and probably slightly better because of the opposition they're up against if they're going to get through to the final. But um, what an opportunity! What an opportunity it is. Yeah, one man who you feel is 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 crucial to United's chances of making the final and going on to lift the the trophy at the end is is Lawrence Shankland. He's maybe not had his. Uh, finest season in terms of goal scoring return but he's still a, a very important player for Dundee United um, Scotland International he's got his own hopes of making that Euro 2020 squad the sort of subplot for the semi-final George is Shankland against Kevin Nisbet it's a chance for them to go out and impress Steve Clark, who I'm sure will be watching on in some capacity um, he, he's going to be a massive you know player for Dundee United in this game but for his career personally for, for Lawrence it's it's a huge stage for him and a big chance to go and show what he's all about yeah I certainly hope he's going to be a big player because we've seen in his time at Tandice he's, he's a big player but this season's obviously been a bit different for him uh, he's getting used to the top flight and, uh, and the way United have been playing hasn't maybe granted him as many chances as, as he needs to, to score as many goals as he can but that's not to say he's not going to pop up on the big stage with a big goal. Um, I think it's, it'd be really intriguing with those two. I mean, there's still a chance that they can both get in, obviously, with the 26-man uh, squad these days. Uh, I doubt whether they both get in. I think it's one or the other. So what Steve Clark could be looking for is a striker who can score on the big stage Obviously, we're going to have two games at Hamden, so it doesn't it doesn't hurt scoring at Hamden either, uh, and knowing how that <laughs> no, feels. No. Although, obviously, uh, Launch has done that for Scotland, but I think, um, yeah, the, this this is where he, he needs to put his stamp down for for that that place in in the, in the squad uh, in in this game. Hopefully, maybe a final, because um, we know he's got the ability and the talent. 
now he has to do it on the big stage. Um, but I don't think he's not playing badly because he was a big part of that no, no. performance no, no. up in Aberdeen. Yeah, uh, obviously set up the first goal. Um, so he's just needing a goal, and what better place to do it than Hamden in a big semi-final? No, I think you're right. I think he's maturing and he's adapting to this level, and he's learning how to play the game differently as a striker. You know, um, defending from the front, hold up play. Um, you know, doing his running and link up plays. He's he's certainly improved in that. I think Mickey Mellon's helped him in that front. It's just the goals haven't quite clicked from this season. It's not really been United's forty in general, you know, getting creating opportunities. But um he'll certainly be be a man that they're looking to, to make a difference. Bear uh, out with out with Shankland, where else where else should United be looking for, for a bit of inspiration in this game? Well, you've got McNulty as well, who had a stormer in the in the quarterfinals up at Aberdeen. Um, so if he, can, if he can keep that sort of form going but uh, I think it's the other end of the park I'm going to look at uh, Callum um, I, I think it, you know as uh, being a goalkeeper myself I think if United can can keep it tight at the back they'll give himself a real chance but it's going to be a real test for them I, I really like Hibs, Hibs front line you know I've already mentioned Nisbet Boyle and, and, and Doyle you know Boyle especially with his pace You've mentioned Hamden. Hamden is a massive. It looks massive. It's a big, big pitch. Yeah, it's massive. And there yeah. always seems to be there always seems to be plenty of space in behind, regardless of how you line up, um, and that could be a worry. Um, so guys like uh, Mark Reynolds and, and, and Ryan Edwards and the two fullbacks Smith and, and Robson are going to have to really be on their toes. And you're going to have, I think, you're going to need Dennis Mehmet to be on his toes as well in terms of anything over the top. Play, keep bear in mind you play like a sweeper. Get yourself, get yourself out there. And obviously, he's got to make the saves when they come along. Um, protecting them, obviously, you've got Butcher in front of him, who's, who's, you know, he's been absolutely solid again this season. And it's him that really allows United to go and play. I, I, you know, he would be the one reason that you would probably play, you know, Clark McNulty and Shankland up, up top. He gives you that wee bit of security in front of the back line, which just gives you the five five people there. Um, I've been really impressed with Jondo Fuchs. Uh, you know, I, th- I think he's his, you know, his appetite for the game and the way he gets about the park is and, and Hounds players is good. That will deny, I think, Hibbs the chance to create anything because he'll be on top of him very quickly. And Ian Hartz is has great box to box, and I'm just wondering if he will change it and bring bring Sporla back. But for for me, first and foremost, it's United defensively. They've got to be solid, and I've got to say they have been all season. So there's no reason really. To suggest that obviously you, you you take out the game against Ross County there just before, but there's no reason to suggest that they can't be, you know, it's going to, and, and keep it tight. And you know, if it goes into the last 20 minutes and it's still nothing's up, you've got guys there who are well capable of pinching a goal and putting you through. So, and I don't think it will be a high scoring game. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would I would suggest that the back four need to be on their game for United to go through there you go you pretty much went through the whole starting 11 there Bear but we'll, I did. we'll take uh, it that was <laughs> it <laughs> I've covered everybody um, in that yeah you have you have <laughs> but I think I think uh, to be fair you, you've taken taken the words out of my mouth when it when it comes to Callum Butcher when you say he's he's the guy that lets United play he's the platform isn't he he's he sort of makes them tick and he's, he is a really important player I think his experience of Hamden as well you know playing with United is something that nobody else. There's players in that team, obviously Mark Reynolds who've played at hand and whatever, but he he's the only guy that knows what it's like to represent Dundee United in a big game like that. So I think his influence is huge, and of course the the big story between the sticks is, is Benjamin Segrist is out for the season. So Dennis Memet, a man who's never even um, set foot in Hamden apart from for a medical um, exam, 
um, I, I learned uh, this week. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's had a look at the pitch, but he's never actually been on it or sat on the bench or anything, played on it, nothing. So he's going to be fielded straight in for that. So um, he's, he's he's barely put a foot wrong since he's came in for for Benji over the last few games. So we'll, we'll wish him all the best. It's a, it's a huge game for the whole team and I'm sure Mickey Mellon will have them fired up for it and, and hopefully we can we can uh, get them through to the final and, and whoever gets through in the other semi, you know, I'll be happy. Um, all Tayside final if St. Jonathan get through and I'll be absolutely delighted if St. Mun get through for obvious reasons. So um, hopefully United can get the better of Hibs because they're about the only team left that I, I couldn't give uh, two hoots about. So, um, and as we know, it's all about me. So, um, uh, elsewhere at, at Tanadice this week, there's been there's been some news off the pitch. Um, George, the big one, the DUSF have made their kind of final contribution to reach their £100,000 funding target for the club. They donated the last 17 and a half grand um, to help the club through what's been a difficult period financially. It's um, it's heartening to see. We, we know what the support's like at, at Dundee United, but um, that's, a, that's a hell of a lot of money to be to be pumping into your club. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. We were talking about 100 grand before. Uh, about how... Um, What's the league places? Well, well, we're talking about how the league place and, and all that sort of stuff, but this is 100 grand that's come out of fans' pockets, which over and above them buying season tickets and buying shirts and all the, all the stuff that comes along with being a football supporter, which is incredible, really. Um, and you, it must it must be amazing be, be, being at the club and knowing you've got that sort of backing uh, as well. I, th- I think it must give everyone involved at Tannerice. It must make them think that they're they're on the right track and they're obviously doing things right. If if people are willing to put their hands in their own pockets and, and hand over serious amounts of money, um, so that I mean, fantastic, really well done for the United fans. I mean, it's it's difficult to even find the words for how much how much they've done for their club and how much. Well, it's a hundred thousand pounds. It's it's serious, serious money. So, I mean, amazing, really. Well, if you're struggling to find the words, George, then I guess we'll just move on um, <laughs> and speak about Dundee. <laughs> speak about Dundee um, and 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 their uh, success in 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 making the postseason playoffs in second spot. Yes, the Dark Blues have done it. They've reached their zenith this season, which was uh, to finish second to Hearts. They've they've managed that. Um, a 2 0 win over Queen of the South last Friday night got them there. That was coupled with Rafe's 4 uh, 0 loss to the Jambos. It sets them up nicely for the, the postseason playoffs, George. It means they'll only play um, the four games rather than the six if they can if they can uh, navigate a semi final. It's a it's, it's a huge a huge thing for for the Dark Blues to to have done this. Yeah, and I was having a look back before the game where they the the league positions and stuff throughout the season, and this this is the only time at the end of a match that they've been second, and that's when the the table is finished and complete, uh, which tells you they've they've timed things to perfection really in terms of going for the second. Obviously, they would have liked to have been a lot closer to Hearts than they have been, uh, and probably should have been. But we we said well. Say it every year about heading into the playoffs, you want to be the team heading into it on form, and Dundee are certainly doing that. They've beaten both Wraith and Dunfermline in the in the the run of eight unbeaten games that they've been on. Um, and things seem to be coming together all over the pitch. Really, Cummings is scoring. Charlie Adams starting to look back to his best. You've got guys coming back like 
Fontaine and Marshall uh, should be fit for next week when they're, when they're playing whoever they're, whether it's Rayther or Dunfermline. Um, and obviously we still need to see who who they're going to be playing. Um, it's two teams they've they've had mixed results against all, all season, but feels like Dundee Dundee are the team to beat at the moment. I would I would say of the the three championship teams and and the beauty of being second uh, is that they just sit back and watch while Wraith and Dunfermline battle lumps out each other for a couple of games and it looks like it's going to be very tight in that one on Saturday again but I think Dundee will be hoping for extra time I have to say um, and they'll be very pleased with that outcome I would think ahead of next Wednesday yeah, Dundee have uh, certainly timed their run. It's like a it's like a prime Gary Harkins um, sort of labouring into, into the box there. They've they've done well, just uh, popping up at the exact right time. But um, just a little a little lay of the land before we move on. You, you've sort of mentioned it there, George. But um, Dunfermline and Rafe are the other two teams that have made the playoffs. There, they were in action on Tuesday night, um, the first leg of their quarter final, as it was nil um, nil at East End Park. So. They've got the second leg of that on Saturday. Dundee will find out who they're going to play in the semis out of those two. Uh, five teams that the first leg of that semi-final is next Wednesday, May the 12th. Um, Bear, just um, giving your thoughts on on the sort of what's been happening with Dundee recently. Um, the win down at Queen of the South and, and, and their playoff run. How do you see mm-hmm. it going? Well, firstly, the, the win at Queen of the South was, was pretty comprehensive, wasn't it? I mean, it, again... Again, we spoke about this with Dundee United. That one team's got something to play for, and the other team doesn't have something to play for. And it, cer- it certainly showed. I think uh, that was the, the poorest Queen's performance we've seen against Dundee this season. But that's not Dundee's issue. Dundee have to go and do the job themselves, and they certainly did that. And you know, two nothing. It should have really been four, four or five nothing. You know, they missed a couple of glorious, glorious chances and dominated from from start to finish really I think Queen's had a, an early effort that came back off the post but from that point on Dundee were right on it and they're looking good Callum you know the, the team is, is is playing well defensively they look pretty solid you know um, that was even with sort of like Liam Fontaine out McGee comes in and slots in and I think that's a good thing for for James McPeak at this point in time as well He's he's got the team playing well but he's also got another five or six subs who are fit and who are well capable of coming in and doing a job. So that's a good place to be at this point in the season. You know, his, his squad is really healthy for this time of the year. And also, Dundee have, have also got, and it's going back, you know, a few months now, even going back to the, that Bonnie Rig game where they, they looked as though they were out the Scottish Cup. And, you know, they, they dug deep and they got themselves through that. And they've shown since then, that they're well capable of doing that. And that, that bodes well for the playoffs, whoever they play as well, because sometimes things don't always go your way. But it doesn't need to be the end of the world. If you just get yourself settled again and go again and can fight back, you know, and show a bit of resolve, um, you can still get there. And Dundee have proved that over these games um, over the last few few weeks. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're in a good place. They're in a really good place um, going into this, this playoff. Who will they play? I've got a sneaky feeling it's going to be Wraith Rovers. Um, I just think it could take extra time and it could take penalty kicks, but I've just got a sneaky feeling that Dundee are going to be going back to Starts Park um, for that for that playoff game. Um, you know, Dunfermline haven't been great on the road all season. I think they've only won one game um, away from home. So I just got a sneaky feeling. But whoever it is, whoever it is, Callum, 
Dundee know they've got the edge on them for because of what they've done um, over the past sort of six weeks or so. Um, and uh, in terms of sort of where James McPay can is, I think Dundee fans, George says that's the first time that they've actually got themselves in the second. That was that's, that's a remarkable start, actually. But it's probably where Dundee felt that most Dundee fans felt they would finish up this season if they're, they're being honest. Maybe thought they could have, you know, been a bit closer to Hearts, but they never got there. But second spot, they'll take that. But again, McPake will be under pressure to get them through this player because Dundee fans will not expect them to get to the final. I think if they get to the final and if they were to lose, then most fans would say, well, they gave it a good go. But I, I still think if if, uh, if James McPake can, can get his team through and into that final, fans will be, you'll, you'll, you'll hear the groans and the moans again. They'll, they'll all start to rear their ugly heads. So um, he better prepare himself for that one. But I'm sure he's not, he's not even thinking about that. But no, Dundee are in a good place at this point in time. George, am I right in saying that as much as Dundee haven't been second at the end of a match day this season, it actually that stat dates back to the sort of start of last season as well, back to 2019. Yeah, August. Uh, I think mental. it was March Absolutely two, mental. I think. Yeah, that's amazing. I know, it's crazy. Considering the size of club Dundee and the quality of players they've got, I mean, that's why the fans have been so uh, frustrated over the past couple of seasons at times. It's kind of ebbed and flowed continually with, with Dundee. They've had a good wee spell and then they've been poor and sometimes they've been even worse than that. But other times they've been really good. So they've been so inconsistent. But it seems like they've found a bit more of a level in recent weeks. Uh, I agree with Bear with them looking a bit more uh, solid at the back. The, the, the last couple of the wins at the Queen's South, that the Queen's were, particularly in the first half, were pretty much on their, their holidays already. But the Wraith game as well, the, um, the feeling with Dundee is that at the moment that they're able to get these leads with players like Cummings and kind of goal scores like that but they're able to then keep teams at arm's length which I think could be really important in the playoffs it's looking like they're they're finding that the kind of the blend uh, quite nicely between attack and defence that they can they can even when games like that race game there wasn't a huge amount of chances but it was difficult to argue that Dundee didn't deserve to be 2-0 up, even though they'd scored from a, a penalty in a corner. Um, they, they just they feel like a good team at the moment, which we haven't been able to say often enough in the past couple of seasons. Um, and I'm just forgetting exactly what the question was that you asked about two minutes ago before I started talking. <laughs> no, me neither. I've, I've forgotten as well, George. To be honest, with you. I was just um, I was just lost. It. I was lost in your I was lost in your voice. To be honest with you, mate, but. Uh, but certainly, <laughs> y- y- you're right in that they do look like a team. They look fired up. I think. I think back to front, they look um, look fantastic. And I just I love the way that they've just bammed everyone up. And I think everyone's just like you know Dundee should be finishing second in that league to Hearts. And like last season, you know they should be you know fighting out with United for the title. And they've just been bamming everyone up. And right at the last moment, they've pulled out of the back and finished second. So um, they've timed their run, timed their run magnificently. And um, let's put it this way: let's hope if if it is. Uh, Wraith Rovers in the, the semi-final. Hopefully they're not dancing in the streets of uh, the streets of Wraith. Hopefully the Roth Ravers aren't too happy about it and uh, and and Dundee can get themselves to the playoff final. Bear, if they were to get there, um, the Premiership playoff final, who would you like to see Dundee going up against? Ross County, Kelly or Hamilton? 
Well, I'm sure James McPake would say at this point in time he'll take any of them. He'd <laughs> be quite happy to play any of them at this point in time. That's a good one, Callum. That's yeah. a good one. We're getting ahead of ourselves uh, a wee bit here, but 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 you yeah. know, you've yeah, talk I know. About, I see. It? I, yeah, no, <laughs> of course, of course, it is, and it's, it's a discussion that the fans will be having as well. You you know that that's where fans are. You know, they've already got Dundee in this playoff final and talking about who they'd like to meet. Um, if I'm honest, I would like to avoid Kelly. Um, straight away because I think there's a Tommy Wright factor I think there's a Kyle Lafferty factor and I also think Kelly have s- slightly underperformed this season they've got one or two really useful players like the guy Dicker you know they've got one or two other guys who you know can cause problems um, so I, I would take them out of it uh, Hamilton or Ross County I thought I mean I've, I've said all along I thought Ross County would be relegated and the reason I felt that was because I felt that the defence wasn't strong enough but they've had a bounce off uh, off uh, Big Yogi going there, John Hughes, and really of the beat of the beat Hamilton. I think it's it's next Wednesday, is it, or Tuesday or Wednesday next week? It's up at it's up at Dingwall too. You know they're almost in a well. They certainly won't be relegated. I don't think, um, or they can't be relegated, can it? Because there's only one game to go. Hamilton would. Yeah, Hamilton yeah, would but they do it um, depend so, on how Kelly goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, you asked me who who do I think not not Kelly. I would take Ross County. I would take Ross County. I would take Ross County um, because I think they're the league goals. I, th- I, th- I still think they've got that, you know, in their locker that they can't really go through games without losing a goal. And I think that, given the way that you know what Dundee have got and guys like Jason Cummings and and, and a few Osmond Sow and a few other midfielders as well, um, that could play into Dundee's favour. Well, certainly James McPeak was at Tannadice on Saturday having a look at Ross County, um, obviously with a view to um, potentially having a playoff matchup with the Staggies. Um, I walked over at half-time and kept my distance, of course, mainly because I thought, you know, he might um, might have a go at me because I'm obviously a big, uh, massive, huge Arab, but um, kept my distance, socially distance, of course. I had a wee chat with James. Um, he seemed in, seemed in good spirits. Um, had a, a, quite a long conversation about how things have turned around recently and his team have, have really, really picked up and um, he, you know, he's, he seemed in one of the best moods I've ever, I've ever heard him as, as the boss. I think he's quite happy with it's all coming together at the right time. Um, George, you'll be hoping as well. He was, he was saying to me that he can get a couple of key men back in time for the playoffs as well. Liam Fontaine and, and Jordan Marshall. Dundee would love to be starting the, the postseason with, with those two guys in the back four. Yeah, definitely, the, particularly uh, Jordan Marshall. Uh, he's, he's been such a, a big part of the way Dundee have gone about their business uh, this season. Powering up and down that left flank and del- delivering good crosses, and he's decent defensively as well. He's a good kind of modern fullback. He's I've watched him for years now with Queens and Dundee. I think he's uh, as good as you can get in the, in the second tier at left back. Uh, and Fontaine's obviously a very experienced defender as well. He's he's actually won playoffs down in uh, Bristol City. Um, uh, I think it was League One playoffs down there. Um, and has won this league what, three times, I think. So he's, I mean, he's been there and done it, won a Scottish Cup as well. So it's, he's the type of player you, you want in and about the dressing room as well. Um, and he's scored a bunch of goals this season as well. I think it's his best ever goal scoring season. So, yeah, you, you want those to back. Fontaine and Ashcroft have been, have been a pretty good partnership. Um, they've not always been perfect, but um, they've kind of been the base for what's been a good run uh, recently. Uh, and they've, Obviously, both popped up with goals, so I'm sure James McPeg wants those two back in. And 
he said that had it been had the game at Palmerston been like a cup final or a big game that they absolutely needed to win or season was over, they both probably could have played. They could have risked them, but uh, I think that it was the best call to to leave them out and, and try and wrap them up until next week and get them get them going at full full pelt. Yeah, that's um, pretty much exactly what Bears mate Jim McPake was uh, was saying to me <laughs> on uh, on on Saturday that that having having these two centre halves. Um, Liam Fontaine and Lee Ashcroft. It's probably the first time under his um, reign as manager that he's had a really solid unit defensively. Goalkeeper in Ligston's the back four, you know, picks itself. Elliot, Ashcroft, Fontaine, Marshall. Okay, Cammy Kers came in and done a job. McGee's came in and done a job. But it really gives him a solid base to work from there, it seems. Um, and that's been a huge part of not just, you know, defensively but offensively as well it's really helped Dundee over the, the last few games yeah it has I mean we highlighted it throughout the season Dundee were their own worst enemies but you know they'd be playing well in games and, and concede sloppy goals and sadly for Jack Hamilton you know he was he they weren't all his fault but he was part of that defence um, now Adam, Adam Legsden's come in and I don't think he's been outstanding I don't think he's had to be outstanding but what he has been is solid um, the two guys in front of them, I've, I've taken confidence from that, and so are the two uh, the two fullbacks. And they're, they're playing like a defence should play. They're playing as a unit. They look, they don't look as if they're all, all over the place as individuals. When when they're playing offside, they look, they look pretty much in line. You know, it's uh, they all seem to know what they're doing. They're obviously communicating very well across the back line. Um, I, I'd like to think that Liam Fontaine and Jordan Marshall will be fit. I think if they're fit, they play. But obviously, they have got you know the injuries at this point in time, and that's not to say they won't flare up again. But the good thing for James McPake is that uh, Jordan McGee came came in and did a job there, no problem. And Cami Kerr, who we've spoken about, who is out of contract, and we spoke about this, he came in. He's been you know showed that he could play equally as well at left back as he as he does at right back, you know. And and that will have alerted a lot of people just how good Cami Kerr. He gets a lot of stick. Cami Kerr, but I'll tell you what, I mean, he, he, he's, he's one of the hardest defenders to get by in league. He, uh, we all know that Cami, Cami Kerr's weakness is probably his final delivery into the box, but he's not a right winger, Cami Kerr. Cami Kerr, first and foremost, is a defender, and as a defender, he's bloody good and he's quick as well. So I, I think, you know, he's, he's, he's done well for himself. I think the big problem James McPake is going to have is if these guys are fit, and I think they'll come back in, you know, it, it's... Where where do you go with that one? Where do you go with McGee? Because McGee's playing well. In front of him, you've got guys like Sean Byrne, who you know I think we might touch on later, but he is playing out of his skin, Sean Byrne. And he's had to play out of his skin to get into that midfield. But you've also got guys like Charlie Arden, Paul McGowan, Max Anderson. You can't get them all on. And this could be, you know, it's, it's a good headache to have, but you know, James McPake is going to have to decide who plays and who doesn't play. But you've got to remember the games are coming thick and fast. And Dun- the good thing for Dundee is all these guys have been getting bits and pieces, games here, games there. So none of them are really going to be coming in f- from the cold if they do have to get called upon. So it's a- everything's pretty rosy for Dundee at this point in time. All they've got to go and do now <laughs> is make sure they get through the next four games and we're laughing. You know, easier said than done. But uh, yeah. no, yeah, they're, they're in a good place. The real uh, acid test of Dundee's stability right now is is that, you know, finally Bears able to pronounce Adam Langston's name. That shows you yeah. the good they're doing because he's made himself a household name. So, um, rest but in peace, Adam this, McGannis. I mean, so. I mean you, you, and, you and George will know. I mean, has Adam signed on again for next season or is it, was it just to the end of this season? Do you know? George is your man for that. George? Uh, I 
think it's just till the end of this season. Uh, in fact, I've got it up here in front of me. June 2021. 20, there we go. Uh, I was going to do a wee That was like pure luck there. that I happened to have uh, a <laughs> list of contracts in, in front of me. It's just, yeah. <laughs> It's just because I finally mastered his name. I wouldn't like to think he's he's only going to be here for another couple of games and disappearing, disappearing back down south again. Yeah. yeah. Well, he every, when you speak to him, he very much enjoys life up here. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if they kept him. Because he has, as I agree with you, I think he's been very steady. He's very, very loud as well when, when, you're, when you're at a game. Um, I think everybody, even the strikers aren't getting away from him shouting at them. Uh, so I think that's been a big that's big important part of as a goalkeeper though to have that yeah I, th- I think that's been really important um, and I'm not saying that Jack Hamilton doesn't do that I, I think it's just because Adam Langston has been, been around a long time I think, he, I think he knows exactly and talking about players with playoff experience he actually was I think he was in, he was on the bench for Derby when they got beat in the final uh, down south for the Premier League uh, the championship playoff so there's another one that's got experience of these types of games the kind of crunched two-legged kind of tense kind of games so I mean that'll help that'll help Dundee a big bit as well I think there'll be it won't be well you hope anyway that it won't be quite as frantic as it could be because they've got a lot of players that have had experience of these games No it's a good unit it's a good solid unit I think you covered a lot there Bear but you mentioned Cammy Cairn I think James McPeak recognises the job that Cammy does for him. He knows that he can play him anywhere and he'll do a shift for him. You also mentioned Sean Byrne and he's one of the guys with playoff experience um, in these playoffs and actually finishing second with Livingston in 2018 and going up. He's shown it can be done. Livingston have shown it can be done. Hamilton did it in 2014. Um, Having him in the team, um, can Dundee add their name to that list of teams that get promoted through the playoffs? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it, it, you know, but the first first thing they've got to do is is get themselves through this the, the semi final first, and having guys like Sean Byrne in there, but that experience can only can only can only help. I mean, I think Sean Byrne, when he first came to Dundee, we all all recognised that, that this was a guy who had helped Livy do that, and he you know he, he had a sort of a track record of, of being a good player. But I never really saw it. I never really saw it until just the last. You know, five or six games, and I know he's been in and out of the team this season with one thing or another, but he's a far better player on the ball than I give him credit for. He's a very, very composed, and you see, he's very good at just just breaking up the play, and he he's quite quite comfortable when you know under a bit of pressure, he'll turn one way, turn the other, and feed a good pass out to the wide areas. So yeah, I mean, as as far as Dundee go, they can do it. Of course, they can do it. Um, they've got to play well. They've got to play again. We talked about United, how they're going to get through their semi-final on Sunday. Dundee have got to keep keep the back door shut. Don't give any soft goals away. Give nothing away. I'd also be practicing penalty kicks, but practicing penalty kicks in training because you've got a sneaky feeling that you know you could end up there. I mean, and we're laughing, but seriously, you know you've got to. It's worthwhile practicing. That's a secret. That's a secret. Obviously, you can never replicate the pressure of going up and taking one, but you know, get it into the guys' heads. You know, you might have to take one. You, you might be a fullback, but it may come to you. You might have your boots off, and they'll go. You know what? Somewhere here, but it's eight all. You're going to have to take the next one. Get up there and take <laughs> it. So, um, yeah. yeah, they should be practicing that. And as well as as well as they can play, you need a wee a wee bit of luck. You need you need the breaks to go for you. We've said that over the course of the season, the breaks tend to even themselves out. Well, you know, over the course of playoffs, they don't. 
have you have you got the breaks go against you in a playoff you're out and that's that it's, it's game up the poly so yeah they need a bit of that as well it's just a shame they can't like clone Charlie Adam or, or somehow send Charlie Adam up to the spot like five plus times um, if it ever goes to penalties because that would be ideal wouldn't it um, but I'm sure yeah. uh, Charlie can, yeah, can show unless them unless Clark's in the goal Carl <laughs> oh yeah uh, we'll, we'll, not, we'll not mention that we, we, you had a wee uh, rant to me um, about about Dundee's misfortune in the Scottish Cup anyway so um, <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll move we'll move past that but um, there's still as we record this this show there's still a week until Dundee are next in action it's I think it's a 12 day break in, in total George is is this a welcome break for Dundee or is it is it a hindrance I mean, how, how are you seeing it um, I, I don't think speaking to Jameson Pig this week I don't think he was too concerned had they obviously wanted to finish second he at Dundee they felt they had the squad that could cope because as we've just been talking about, how is he going to figure out which eleven to go with? I mean, he's got the players that can come in and out for what midweekers for the next three weeks. But I think with, he mentioned that he was just pleased to be able to give Marshall and Fundy in a wee bit extra uh, time to get back, and that was the most important thing for him. Um, on the other hand, he also mentioned that he would have liked to give an Alex Kubiak a bit of time on the pitch. Although it's it's one of these, you want extra games, but there's the risk of getting knocked out. That's that'd be the the flip side to that. But yeah, no, I think sitting back watching that game during the week, um, he'll been quite content. I think to be to be not having to go through the ringer two times more than the opposition um, coming into the the semi final. I think that's that's a big thing because. I mean, we talked, uh, or we've talked to people over the years who were in that, the United team that got to the final the first season, I think, where they'd, they hadn't finished in second and they had to get through all these games and they were all knackered by the end of it. It was Hamilton, wasn't it? Because it's, it's not just the, yeah, yeah it, it's not just the physical tiredness, it's the, the mental uh, stress of, of going through these really kind of high intensity really stressful two-legged ties and then in the next one the stress even ramps up the pressure's even higher for the next one I think that's the cumulative effect as well and it might just it might just be good for Dundee to have a wee breather um, speaking to the manager this week he actually compared it to an international break and and they've obviously had quite a few players who've well, obviously, you don't get them in the championship, but they've played at the top flight and uh, and are are used to that having having a week off and kind of preparing your team that way. So that's how how they're looking at it at Dens Park, and I think it's probably a smart smart move. Um, we've also seen that you're talking about Livy and Hamilton. The team's gone up; they finished second. The only two teams that have gone up from the championship, they finished in second place. So, I mean, that kind of shows that there is a benefit, um, but. It's only a benefit if you can take advantage of it, and as it's up to that's Dundee's task now is to, is to not uh, let this what twelve days to to uh, be a kind of stumbling block and to stop them on, on the the run they've been going and and keep going, uh, keep the goals going in, keep stop the other teams and just play the way they've been playing. Um, that, that's that's the the only risk I could see of, of having this break is it just kind of stops that. That run of form. I almost tried to say that word that I can't say, it and I <laughs> stop myself. 
Yeah, I'm not even going to say it either because I tripped myself up and embarrassed myself. So, <laughs> but no, you're right. That's the aim of, aim of the game. Um, score goals at one end, keep them out of the other. Dundee keep doing that. They'll be in the Premiership next season. That would be great. It's good to see both both city teams doing really well. Um, and hopefully we get Dundee derbies back in the top flight. That would be massive, absolutely massive for Dundee. So, um, one more bit of business before we move on and, and wrap up the show, which is Dundee related. Um, Gary Irvin, obviously former Dundee player, bit of a hero. Um, he's a new Forfar manager, Bear. They've recently been relegated, unfortunately, to League Two. But um, Gary Irvin will start next season as, as their manager. Uh, good appointment for the Loons. Yeah, I think it's a, a shrewd appointment by them. And good for Gary as well. Congratulations in, in getting his first uh, managerial post. Ultra experienced player, uh, Gary Irvin. Long time St. Johnston player. Comes to Dundee, you know, plays for seven years maybe at, at Dens. Um, you know, Becomes a legend effectively at Dens because, and he was one of these guys. He wore his heart on his sleeve as a, as a lot of players do, but he had ability as well. But he was a total professional, Gary. You know, and, and I'm sure that'll that'll be reflected in how he you'll take that in his managerial career as well, and you'll expect that from his players. And that can be that can be difficult when you're working with part time players. But he'll be trying to pass everything he knows on on, on the, a younger four for squad. Obviously, uh, you know. Um, I think they're heading. They're heading for League Two next season. So, um, yeah, I mean, good for him. He's obviously friendly with James McPake. So we might see one or two of the Dundee kids maybe heading up to Station Park on, on loan deals over the course of the summer. But um, they couldn't go to a better place because I'm sure Gary Irvin will do well and uh, certainly you know wish him well for for next season. No, I think you're right. I think Sam Fisher's a uh, living living proof of that. He was there this season, um, at the start of the season, c- comes back and does a job for, for Dundee now. Certainly looks like a player for the future. So, no, all the best to, to Gary Irvin up at Station Park. Um, I was there for the United Cup game. Was it the it was last sixteen, wasn't it? And he was he was in caretaker charge at the time. It was just after Stuart Malcolm had left. And as he, he as he said, as he stuck, come sorry, as he said, is he still going to? Uh, Put the boots on, or is he just still playing? To... Yeah, I don't yeah. know actually. I've not, I've not actually properly um, had a look. I just, I just saw that he was the the new boss. But yeah, he yeah. can certainly do a job in League Two. I think he's, he's only what he 30, still looks 30, fit enough. He still looks, yeah. yeah, he still, right. he still looks fit enough to play. You just wonder, uh, you know, it's the workload thing. Whether you can keep an eye on everything, and, and you know, that that's where he'll have to decide himself. But uh, he certainly still looks fit enough. Yeah, yeah, and he, he certainly he spoke like a manager after that game against United. Anyway, he was. Um, he was very, very good with the press. He's got a, a good head on his shoulders. So, no, all the best to him um, moving forward and in, in charge there. Um, and continuing the lower league theme, we're going to go and have a little roundup of what's been happening in League 1 and 2. Yes, Leagues 1 and 2 have came to a close. Um, well, the regular seasons have anyway. We're, we're heading into playoffs. It's been dramatic in League 1 and 2. We're, we're going to have a little a little roundup here. There's quite a lot of teams involved locally. Angus teams, Tayside teams for us. Um, to talk about the, the, they had to cram a lot of games in didn't they to get the, the 22 games over the line you know coming back after their wee sort of coronavirus and forced break and they've uh, they've managed to do it the playoffs are, are on the go League 1 Patrick Thistle unbelievably are the champions they've came from way behind um, to win that Falkirk totally uh, collapsed really um, I don't know if I can say shat it but I've just did so you know um, <laughs> they totally 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 shat it they were uh Something like something unbelievable, like eight points ahead or something, and and they've only managed to pick up five points in the last nine games, and they're not even in the playoffs. You know the playoffs now. Morton, who finished second bottom in the championship, Airdrie, Cove, and Montrose, unbelievably Montrose, um, beating Patrick Thistle three two 
on Tuesday night um, at, uh, at at Lynx Park. A brilliant result um, for Montrose, obviously delighted um, for us, a local team, to be to be contesting uh, that. George, what a, what a turnaround for Montrose! It wasn't long ago that it seems that they were like you know bringing up the year in Scottish football. They were like the worst team in Scotland, and now they're potentially um, it'd be tough finishing fourth in League One, but potentially could be finding themselves in the Championship next season. Yeah, it's incredible job that Stuart Petrie's done there it's unreal really because as you say yeah it, it's not that long ago where they were in that the the playoff of death I suppose the, against the uh, trying to fight for your place in the in the SPFL not just League 1 but at League 2 um, and they've managed to get themselves very well deservedly as well because they're a really well run club uh, got themselves really motoring up the leagues and I had I had it was well, there was a bit of Schadenfreude watching the the results come in during the week, uh, just because I felt Falkirk were a bit harsh and maybe I've not watched Falkirk this season, so maybe they've been absolutely terrible. But uh, getting rid of their managers when they were they were yeah. only what three yeah. points off off the top of the table, um, I get a part of me kind of enjoyed seeing them completely mess that one up. Although I feel bad for the players, obviously, but um, great for Montrose. They've been in this playoffs before because they played my team uh, when we were had a pretty terrible season a couple of seasons ago and, and finished in the relegation playoff. Um, but they're a stronger team these days, Montrose. So, at, I mean, it's not long ago, well, talking about that relegation playoff, but Breakin are in that now, but it's not that long ago where Breakin finished in that kind of position and got themselves through these playoffs. So it, it can be done. Uh, they're up against it, but their, their neighbours have shown that you can get up through the playoffs. You just have to perform a wee bit better than them if once you get up there, I suppose. Yeah, and our both have shown how strong Angus teams can be in the championship as well. They're managing to yeah. obviously get that result against Morton and, and avoid a playoff. Um, the ton to much to my uh, despair, obviously being St. Martin's great rivals find themselves in a, a dogfight now. Bear, <laughs> but um, <laughs> how do you see that one going? Cover in there as well. Cove looks strong. They must be. They must be fancying that. Yeah. No, brilliant for Montrose. I mean, what a, what a story that would be if they could get themselves into the championship and you know our Angus Derby's with our both next season. There, that that would generate a, you know a decent crowd at both at, at, you know up at Links Park and at Gayfield if, if that was the case. But congratulations to Stuart Peter, who I've known for a long, long time, and and a friend of the podcast uh, Sean Dillon, of course, who's who's up there and, and and doing well. So well well done to the two of them for for doing that. I would say looking at it. That, <laughs> That they probably and Stuart would be quite happy with us that they are the outsiders of the four teams that are in there. Um, Morton, you know, it just shows you how tricky that championship is. You would never have put money on Morton finishing where they finished. I mean, I saw them earlier in the season. You know, there was there was talk they might even they might have even got themselves into the you know into the playoffs at one point, but uh, they find themselves where they are. Now it's going to take. They're going to have to dig deep to keep themselves keep themselves up there. Um, I don't know anything about Airdrie whatsoever, but you know what? I've got a sneaky feeling for Cove Rangers, and it's all down to one man. And it's a Hartley factor because he's done it before, hasn't he? He's, he's got a, a track record of getting teams promoted. He, you know, um, he did it with Alwa, he did it with Dundee. Um, he, he's he's got a decent Cove team there, and you know, he's just one of these. Some some guys are just like that. You know, they, they can get runs going and. 
I've got a sneaky feeling. Hope, from my point of view, I'm I'm, I'm desperately hoping it's been true because I think that would be utterly, utterly brilliant, you know, for for the area. Um, and we can maybe get Sean Dillon back on the podcast as well, <laughs> you know, to tell us yeah. all about it. But uh, it's going to be uh, there are going to be some cracking games, some cracking games. I don't know. Are, they, are these games screened on the TV or is it just highlights, George? Maybe you've got an idea of that. Yeah, uh, I think it may just be the the Premiership playoffs that are on TV. Uh, right, Sometimes okay. they yeah. they bring them on. The finals might like, be on, but I don't know. I've not yeah. heard anything. Sometimes they ping them on channels like BBC Alba and things like that. So. Ah, you keep an um, eye out for that because it'd be good games. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think Scottish football's got a lot going for it at the moment. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Dillo. I was I was texting Dillo about something. I was actually texting him about a, a sort of United thing um, with his association with the club. And and uh, I was texting him on Monday and I just, it just popped into my head that they had this game against uh, Partick on, on the Tuesday that, you know, if they'd won it and, and Falkirk got beat, um, they could have made it into the playoffs and he just texts back you know sort of laughing like you know you never know what could happen and, and it's happened so um, there's, there's certainly a good a good spirit there amongst the team so no good luck to them um, in League 2 Queen's Park are the are the champions a um, few local connections there of course Ray McKinnon's the, the manager Simon Murray plays for them um, uh, former Dundee and Dundee United striker um, in the playoffs you've got Edinburgh City Elgin, Stranraer and either Clyde or Dumbarton they've still got a, well Clyde they've still got a game to play against these five of course that game was sort of shrouded in controversy with uh, Covid and what not um, if you don't know about that go look it up because I'm not I'm not getting into that at this late stage in the day but um, Breakin as well Breakin a local team finishing bottom they're in the relegation playoff um, Brora or Kelty they'll, they'll face um, both those teams looking to get into the league system Breakin looking to desperately keep their keep themselves alive in the SPFL. Kelty are 2-0 up on Brora um, already. They've played their first leg, so um, plenty of interesting stories in League 2 as well. Um, George, we'll start with breaking that club. It's like championship promotion a few years ago was the worst thing that could have happened to them. They've, they're, 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 they're teetering on the edge of oblivion here. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm trying to remember what the, the exact stats were, but I think they've only won 17 games or something since then. Since in they like got promoted, seasons. something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just an incredible story for all the wrong reasons, really. Um, yeah, the, I, I probably it's difficult to say, but it probably all comes down to to to, to money and, and kind of building on success. I don't think they ever did that. Uh, that was their main problem, and it just it just seems like a club that just got used to losing. We've seen that with teams coming up that get used to winning. It goes the other way sometimes. And Brecon are just in free fall still. You, normally it stops before you get to the, the bottom of League 2, but they just look like a team that's going to keep going. And the, their manager, Michael uh, Payton, was a, he's uh, obviously played for my team for a, a number of years. He always uh, liked him as a player, so I'm hoping he, he does well as a manager. He's got a hell of a job there, though. Um, the team's knocking on the door from the, the Highland and Lowland Leagues are are really well run. They've got some money and then they're ambitious and they're coming. Um, I, th- I think probably you could see why there have been some teams over over the years that have been opposed to the kind of pyramid system because there's a bit of threat coming. Uh, it looks like it might be Kelty, uh, the, the way they're winning up in, in Brora. Uh, but there's big teams coming. I, I don't see Brecon being able to stand in their way, sadly. Uh, in terms of the up the other end, the Barton is actually the local link to us as well. Uh, Jim Duffy's the manager there, and Barry Smith's helping him out. So 
Dundee fans should should be keeping an eye on them. They scored in the last minute during the week to to jump out of the the relegation playoff spot. So that was a exciting end to them. So I'll be keeping an eye on them, and obviously they'll be keeping an, an eye on that one game that's left to play. Yeah, no, it's been a terrific season, I think, in, in all four divisions. It's a real, real shame that there's been no fans to to go and appreciate it. There's been so many stories, so many close run things, and. You know, Bear, Bear, you mentioned uh, Morton finishing second bottom. Like, you know, they're ten points behind Dunfermline in fourth. It's such a tight, mm-hmm. tight, tight championship. It's amazing that Morton have found themselves yeah. in this position. Um, but it's such, Scottish football now because of this pyramid. It's so competitive. There's opportunities for people to get involved. People are dying to get involved. Clubs like Brora and Kelty. Um, it's going to be hard for Beacon, isn't it, to to try and keep themselves in the SPFL. It, it, it certainly is, Carl. I mean, the, and their their fall has been sort of meteoric, hasn't it? The way the way they've plummeted out of the championship and, and just gone right down. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for them because obviously a club from this area and a, a, a club you I've known well, but the way the structure is, you know, no one no one should deserve to be saved. I'll be down to the football, obviously. Obviously, there's a question to be had whether Brora, who maybe I don't know, only played a handful of games, Kelly, to, to you know, to their when their seasons were wound up and they were both declared sort of champions as such. Whether that game should have gone ahead this season, it doesn't matter. Breaking have got to get themselves ready for that one because I've got a real fear, a real fear that if I lose Breaking City out of the uh, uh, League Two, we might not see them for a long time because they're going to go into. Um, into the sort of heart with a lot of other teams who have probably got bigger financial clout than, than they have at, at, up at Breaking City and that could make life very difficult in trying to attract players um, so fingers crossed for them uh, obviously Kelty have got a bit of cash to, to spend I remember Kelty playing in, in the juniors when they had a grass pitch they've now got, a, they've now got an AstroTurf Astro pitch um, so um, yeah Barry Ferguson, Ferguson is their manager so that sort of talent doesn't come cheap, I've got to say, um, and that will probably be reflected in what they're spending on their squad. So they will, they will be seeing this as a great opportunity for them to get themselves into the into the sort of senior league structure, if you like. But uh, I'm hoping Breakin can do it because I wouldn't like to see a club from sort of Angus disappear altogether. Um, elsewhere, you're right. I hope that uh, uh, our old mate Barry Smith can help Jim Duffy get Dumbarton. Um, you know. Promoted because it'd be good because obviously we've got that link there. I know I know very little bit about Clyde um, and Edinburgh City, Elgin, Stranraer, um, Queens Park. Obviously, won, won the league, and as you say, Callum, the local connection, Ray McKinnon, um, we know him very well in this this neck of the woods. So it's been quite a good season when you see that. I mean, you see Queens Park being promoted. Obviously, Park Thistle, you know, Ian McCall. Who could ever doubt him as well? And it, but the way things are set up, and we, we talked about Morton. You know, you look at the other leagues; have been identical and. The introduction of, the, of the, the playoffs has just made it more exciting. So we have got we've got a lot going for Scottish football. It's a, what it should be. It's exciting, and that's what that's what makes people want to go and see games, want to pay money to go through the gate, you know. And and that's why you go away from. Uh, it's a different world altogether. But you go to this English Super League that they were proposing, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, when there is no competition whatsoever. How does anyone in their right mind think that is going to work? You know, so um, no, give me give me the League Two playoff any day. <laughs> Breaking v Kelty over Barca Real Madrid. The Bear has spoken. Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that's just about all we've got time for this week. Um, tune in next week, and, and you'll hopefully we'll have a, a clearer picture of how the makeup of our uh, four divisions are going to be 
next season. Good luck to everyone involved in um, promotion, relegation, playoffs. And yes, tune back in next week for another episode of Twa Teams One Street. Goodbye. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>